change that. Won't you take your copy of God's Word and turn to Psalm 90. Notice what he says in Psalm 90, beginning in verse number 16. Psalm 90 is one of those psalms that we just sang about. Y'all remember that? We just sang a song a few minutes ago that comes directly out of Psalm 90. Y'all remember which one it was? I'll fly away. away. That's right. That's where that comes from that he tells us. Matter of fact, look in verse verse number 10. The days of our lives are how many? Seventy. Seventy years. Brother Shannon said seventy used to seem old, but it don't seem old anymore. You're right there, aren't you, Brother Shannon? you coming at it. You're knocking at its door. Our lives are seventy years, and they are eighty years, and if by reason of strength they are eighty years, yet their boast is only in labor and sorrow. For it, our lives, is soon cut off, and we do what? We fly away. And what Psalm 90 is really helping us recognize that God has always been our dwelling. For the righteous, he's always been our abode. And every generation, he was everlasting to everlasting. He was here before the first mountains were. He will be here to the end. He is our dwelling and refuge. And we are to number our days. Because even the longest of lives, whether they be 70, 80, or 100, or 115, or even some of the biblical cases, as Methuselah, how old was he? 969 years old. Uh, They're still brief, aren't they? They're still brief in comparison to eternity. So he says, teach us our, our, our days, number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. But he says in verse 16, let your work appear. To your servants and your glory to their children. Father, we thank you. We ask that today you would help us, that you would teach us, that you would strengthen us, that you would help us physically and mentally and emotionally and ultimately, Lord, we know um, spiritually helps us in every aspect of our life. So we ask that you would feed us and fill us with yourself that your presence will be known, that we'll be able to testify, not just I as the preacher-teacher, but we together will be able to testify of your goodness and grace. And we're asking you, we want to take this very prayer uh, that was lifted up to you so many days ago by your servant Moses, that we're asking you to unveil your work to us, that our children and the children to come will see your glory we praise you and thank you today in jesus name amen i mean what have y'all noticed through the psalms there's a lot of prayer requests in there there's a lot of requests that are asked for the lord to do a matter of fact we find over look look go back a couple passages of scripture in the psalms and look at psalm 71 notice this request psalm 71 Verse number 17, 71, 17, he says, O God, you have taught me from my youth, and to this day I declare your wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, 
Oh, God, do not forsake me. And Miss Pat's already testified this morning that God's promised not to forsake us. Amen? Amen. He says, Oh, God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. Now, that's a great request, isn't it? To ask the Lord, God, keep me around so that I can declare your strength to this generation that I live in. I want to serve this generation well. That's a, that, that, we, could, we could ask the Lord to do that for us, amen? amen. And, and I think God wants to request that. I think he wants to do that. And I believe he will, but we need to ask him, Lord, use us to pronounce, to declare, to proclaim, to stand up and, and, and let this generation we live in that surround us so that we can declare your wondrous works to the world we live in. But not just the world we live in, H.J., but to the world that, that is to come. There are people still yet to come. You have some grandchildren and great-grandchildren that haven't entered this world yet. And, and we ought to be asking the Lord, Lord, let me be faithful with the generation you have me surrounded with, but use me and keep me around to declare your wonder and your blessings and your richness and your abundance and your favor to those that have still not even entered this world yet. Man, we, that, that, that's a great request, isn't Amen. it? Something that we could be asking him for. Well, you see, to, to, for that to happen, we also need to, need to be asking the Lord to unveil his works to us. Make your works appear to us, God. To ask him. Now, we ultimately know that, that God can give us what we, what we need. He can give us what, what is required. He can give us those things whenever he sees fit. And for some reasons, there are times when God doesn't give us things that we ask for. There are times that God has a, a, a plan for us that may not be a plan that we would have chosen or what we would have thought or what we have requested, but that's where we come in and, and entrust ourselves to him of knowing what is exactly best for us and that he is our reward, he is our refuge, he is our confidence, and we trust that he knows what is best with us. But there's nothing wrong with asking God to do things that he normally does and, and works in the life of his people. We can ask him for those things. But at the same time, we want to always ask, Lord, your will be done as it is on earth, as it is in heaven. Amen? We want your will to come. What you have planned, what you've eternally planned for my life, I want you to manifest it to me. I want to be in position. I want to be in position to see it and to know it and to experience it, to embrace it, to enjoy it. And, Lord, I ask you to help me bear through some of the things that I have to bear so that you can be glorified in my life. Why do I ask you to unveil your work to me? So that, that people will see your glory. That your glory would be unveiled through my life. That they'll see you. Look back at Psalm 90. That's what he's, what he's saying. Talking about the beauty of the Lord. Psalm 90 and verse 16. He says, Lord, let your work appear that is manifest. Let it unveil to your servants. 
and your glory to your servants' children. And the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. And establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Why is it important he's saying, Lord, establish the work of our hands. And we ask in you that you would unveil your work. So the work we do will be the work we do. And we're asking you to establish that, but God's got to show it to us. How, how many of you want to know what God has for you? Amen. Ask him, amen. But one thing we've got to be careful of not doing is seeking that work over seeking him. When we seek the work over seeking him, his presence, we're going to get frustrated. Because it's not going to be clear for us. How many of you have been asking God to show you his will and show you his will, to show you his will, but we don't really seek to be in his presence, to seek him. And when we do that, we've all done it before. I counsel with a lot of people in, in the ministry work, and they'll call at times, and they kind of frustrate it, they discourage, they downcast, and they want to know God's will, and they're wondering if they should be here, if they should be there, should they be doing this, should they be doing that. And they just, they just in, a, in a bad place, because they, they are having, they starting to get angry with people. They're starting to get bitter about situations. And, and I'll turn ask the question, let me ask you this. Are you seeking what God wants you to do over seeking him himself? Are you just enjoying him and seeking him? And when I start getting into some of those things, they begin to realize that they are, they are seeking what God would want them to do, but they're not really seeking him they putting that ahead of him and when what God does in that God loves us enough to reveal to us that we've taken our eye off him Amen. and even though we're looking for a good thing we're not we're settling for something good we're not settling and settling on the best and that's his presence because the scriptures teach us that in his presence in his presence is the fullness of joy Amen. and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore and that when we seek him, he meets every need we have. Amen. Amen. According to his riches in Christ Jesus. Doesn't mean he's going to give us what we actually want. But he does promise us he will give us the desires of our heart. And the desires of our heart, when we seek in him and we abide in his presence, is really the work of the Lord manifested over our life. So that others would see his glory in spite of the things that I may not have. And in light of the things that I do have, that everything is used so that people can see his glory. Amen. Look in Psalm 78 real quick. I, I was noticing this as I was working through this over the last couple of days. And notice how Psalm 78 starts out. Psalm 78 is a, is a long psalm. It's a great historical teaching in reference to what was going on in the life of Israel and but, but notice some of, these, some of these words that we find Asaph re responding and declaring. He says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ear to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable, and I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. Verse 4, we will not hide them, these things that we've known and heard, we will not hide them from who? 
Notice what he says. We will not hide them from who? Their children. Now this is important. Why? Because he's saying, I'm, I'm looking back. Remember, God has caused his wonderful works to be remembered. God's left us a record of what he's done in the past. Amen? Amen. He's left Ebenezer's. He's left things. He's given us a word about how we work with Abraham, what he did in the beginning with Adam and Eve, how we work through Noah and the flood. He's given us a testimony of a revelation of himself, but he's also given us a record of what he's what he's required his people to do and the where they to go and how they're to live. And Asaph is looking back and he's saying, I, I, I recall hearing what God says we ought to be doing. Things that, that were told to us, things that were known to us, things that need to be uh, discerned in the light of the presence of God because he refers to them as dark sayings, things that are hard for the natural man just to understand. God has to be our teacher. Amen. That's why Psalms 90 is saying, make your works appear to us. Unveil them to us. Teach us, Lord. You've got to teach us your way. We submit to you to teach us. And so if God's not teaching us, some of the things that are taught that are of God are just we can't understand them. We won't, we won't be able to put them to practice. We won't be able to live them and enjoy them and embrace them and celebrate them without the presence of God teaching them to us. Because he must teach his word. Amen. Now, we use people, Davin, to do it, but if his presence is not there unveiling these things, we, we just cannot understand them or know them without his help. We need his help. And everybody said? Amen. We need him. So we were asking for him to help us. But the fathers that was living in those days, many of them had neglected the Lord, and they were not doing what God taught his people to do. What was the daddies to be doing? Well, the first thing is, is that they were to love the Lord. They were to love the Lord how? With all their heart, with all their mind, with all their soul, with all their spirit, with everything they had, they were to love the Lord. They were to give themselves to Him. They were to love their wives and lead their wives. That's what they were supposed to do. Not only that, Miss Sadie, they were supposed to teach the children. Well, some phase in there, they'd begin to neglect that. So notice how he how he refers to this we will not keep these things that God's done from uh, these fathers who have generation upon generation many of them have died like Moses at this point Abraham at this point the things that Abraham taught he taught generation upon generation before but doesn't the scriptures teach us that those that are of faith are the children of who Abraham right we, we're in line with Abraham we're, we're in line of these things but there's been generations in between that have neglected to teach these principles. Well, Asaph says, I'm going to take on the responsibility that I'm going to teach their children the things that they didn't teach them. And I'm going to declare to them. So he says this. He says, we will not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. And now he's going to go on and start describing some of the things that he's done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and a point of the law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to who? Their children. Why? 
that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation did not set its heart aright and whose spirit was not faithful to God. So if we are going to fulfill this mandate, you know what we need? We need God to unveil his works to us. Amen. We need him to unveil it to us. Why do we need him to unveil it to us? Number one, that we can see it. We can know what they are. Number two, that we can live it. Amen. If, if I don't know his works, how can I live them? How can I live that way? If I don't know his works, I can't live that way, and neither can I praise him. Amen. And if I can't live that way and I can't praise him, how is a generation behind me ever going to see his glory if I can't see his works, if I can't live his works? I can't declare his works, and I can't praise him for his works. How is the next generation going to see or the manifestation of the glory of God through the works that he's doing in my life? Amen? Amen? So these things are so crucial for you and me so that we begin to pray, Lord, unveil. Make your works appear to us. Show us the wonders of you and who you are and the way that you work so that I can see them. So that I can live them in obedience and faith. That I can praise you for them and celebrate them. But that there will be a generation. Like there's a lot of people in our country that just don't know the Lord. Amen. Amen. And they don't know the Lord nor the works of the Lord. And a lot of reason they don't know him and don't know the works of him. Is because we have not manifested his glory. When I say we I'm talking about as a nation as a whole. That we have, we have dropped the ball in some areas haven't we. And we got to admit that. We really have. And I think it goes back to us simply saying, God, make these things appear to your people so that we can see them, trust them, believe you, walk in faith so that your works can be manifested to those that come behind us that they can see your glory. They can see your glory. Make your works appear and that Make your glory appear to your servant's children. Amen. He's simply saying, just what Asaph is saying, God, we're going to declare these things to people that are not even our children. They're the children of the fathers. There's other people's children. They're connected to us. We're family. But I'm going to step in that place. And even though they have, may have not have declared you, I'm going to stand in that place. And I'm going to tell the next generation and the generation to come. And I'm going to ask you to, get, to manifest your strength to this current generation. And even those that are yet to come, that their, your power will be made known simply by you making your works appear to me. That I can trust you and walk in faith obedience. And they'll see you at work in my life. Man, the people in America and around the world need to see Jesus. And they're going to see Jesus through his people. And his people that have been washed in his blood, sitting in this sanctuary today, celebrating him, are the people that's going to be the difference makers in this society that we live in. And all across this country, we believe that they're people of God who belong to Jesus that we need to be praying, Lord, let your works appear to your servants and let your glory appear to their children. Let them see you at work in their life, that they celebrate you, they praise you, 
They testify to you. They declare your works. They will testify to your goodness and your faithfulness that they see you manifested in their life. That's what we need. Amen. That's what, it doesn't matter who's in the White House. It needs to start with, with folks just like you and me. That people will see the glory of God in and through our lives. Amen. How, how do we start? Well, look in Psalm 86. I believe it's 86. Just another request. Look what he says. We just read this. I think it's 86. Yes, 86 verse number 10. 86.10 says, for you are small. Great. What does it say? Great. What is he? Well, why is it a lot of times we think our God is small when we have a problem? He's great when we don't have a problem, but when we have a problem, he ain't great enough for our problems. Are you with me? Does that make sense to you? For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are who? Ain't no other, right? And what kind of things does he do? What does the word wondrous mean? Somebody help me. What's another word for wondrous? What's that? Pure. Pure. Miracles. What's another word? Incredible. You only do incredible things. You only do miracles. What's another word? Somebody spell for me the word extraordinary real quick. Extra than ordinary. God only does extraordinary things. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. He only does wondrous, extraordinary miracles, incredible things, and he alone is God. So why in the world would we not then, what's verse 11 ask him to do? Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I will praise you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart. And I will glorify your name for how long? Forevermore. Amen. You see, God only does extraordinary things. So therefore, I want him to teach me those extraordinary things. So that I could walk in his way. Asking him to unite my heart. What does it mean to unite a heart? Y'all help me. We used to ask God, unite a heart, oh God. Why would we want to ask God to unite my heart? How many of you ever worried about something? When you worry, what do you do? You fret. When you're fretting, what are you doing when you're fretting and worrying? Well, we, we're, not, we're not trusting, or we could partially be trusting, but we have some what? Got a little doubt there. We, we're being pulled apart. Y'all ever heard of people being pulled apart when they've been tortured? How they used to stretch Christians? They'd take them, and Kate, they would take one arm or one leg and another arm, and they would pull them apart, and they would literally rip a, a limb off to torture them because they simply were believers. Spreading apart. Well, the word anxiety, uh, worry, as the Scripture teaches us, means to be stretched apart, to be divided is the idea. So when we worry, 
we're worrying about, we're divided in our mind, in our spirit, and we're being pulled apart. So worry, in essence, is, is self-torture. Amen. We're torturing ourselves because we're thinking about this and we're thinking about that. We, we, we trust to an extent here, but we got doubt over here, and those things are stretching us apart. And y'all know how uh, when, you, when, you, when you worry, that it's, it's, it creates a lot of tension and pain. It causes some trouble, doesn't it? It is misery. That's right. It's mi- torture is designed to be miserable. That's why they torture people. But you know who we torture more than anybody? Ourselves ourselves so when the psalmist says hunter unite my mind that's saying bring my mind together bring it make it whole so that i can look to you and fear you fear your name when you fear god when i fear god when we fear god we give place to him we give priority to him so we put him he's first because he's united our mind to trust him and our minds are not pulled over here and they're not pulled over there. And I want to tell you, there's times when you find yourself with anxiety because you're going to find it that this old world we live in wants to distract you and pull you apart. Just simply, just simply begin to ask God, God, teach me your way. You only do extraordinary things. Unite my mind that I may fear you. I want to put you the priority. I want to put you at first place in my life. I want to look to you. Because there's many passages that teach us, many principles, and you all have experienced this. God says when we trust him, that is when our mind stayed upon him, what does he do? He keeps us in what? Perfect peace. But when we're not trusting him, we're not looking to him, you know what we are? We're unsettled in our spirit. And when we're unsettled in our spirit, what are we? We, we become to be downcast, discouraged. We worry, we divide it. We torture in ourselves when we have a God who's invited us into his presence, who only does miraculous, incredible, extraordinary things, who says, come look to me and come walk with me. Let me show you the extraordinary things that I do. Make your works appear to me, God. Unite my heart that I will fear you and walk in your truth. You got to teach me. I'm looking to you. I cannot do this on my own. So show me, teach me, I'll I'll trust you, and I'll walk with you. And what God does, he then gives us peace and a steadfast confidence to walk in his way. What happens then? His glory is manifested out of our life. And people see the extraordinary, miraculous, incredible work of God upon us. And his glory is manifested. His favor is is made clear and people see somebody who's walking in the works of God. Unite our hearts that we may fear you. Unite our hearts. I need it. Boo, I need him to unite my heart, my mind, that I may fear him. Brandy, we need him. Unite our mind and heart to fear your name, that you are our priority. You are first place in our life you are who we seeking first your kingdom and your righteousness isn't that what matthew 6 says seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and what he say about everything else but what did he preface it by don't let your hearts fear don't be anxious don't worry seek first 
the kingdom of God. That, that goes hand in hand. When we worry, we unsettled in our spirit. Y'all recognize that? You loggers, you ever get unsettled in your spirit with 10,000 things being pulling you apart? You got personnel issues. You got equipment issues. You got money issues. You got all these things. Greg, you ever get that away? <coughs> We're just asking the Lord to help us. Brother Shannon, Bill, you got 10,000 things to do. Amen. It doesn't seem like it's all coming together. We could either be torn apart, unsettled, disturbed in our spirit, walking with no peace, no confidence, just, and, and, and it's going to reflect on the people we're around. And they don't see God's glory. Oh, but when we just turn it over and say, God, give me wisdom. I can't handle these things anyway, but you can teach me. I'm going to trust you. Help me walk in your strength and power. Because not only do I want to see your works at work, but I want your glory to be manifested on my life that my children and children to come and people around me will see you. See your presence upon me. Amen? Amen. He'll help you, no doubt. Father, we thank you. We bless you today and just ask for your help now. It, it is our request that, one, that you, you would make your works appear to us you'll unveil what you're doing your wondrous works your extraordinary works that as we see them we will trust you that you will teach us you will unite our heart in fear before you that we would give praise and priority to all that you show us and that we would walk in your triumph your victory and that you will do what we can't and that is manifest your glory to those around us we praise you, and we give you the, the glory in it. In Jesus' name, amen.